0: talking early years to have Linda Greenwell with me who is going to introduce herself in more detail but is a great campaigner for um, oral health and you know the issues of tooth decay with so many small children so I'm kind of going to treat Linda like she's the tooth fairy and she's going to talk us through some of this stuff and actually while this is a podcast at the moment actually she's She's live in front of me here from a dental surgery, in her dental garb with her mask and the whole lot all around her. So it feels very strange. At the same time, very connected. So, so very, very big welcome to you, Linda, to talking early years. And uh, perhaps you'd like to tell our audience about you and what you do and your charity and all the work you've been doing yeah. around food decay.
1: So um, my name is Linda While I'm a dentist. and. Um, I qualified in South Africa in 1984. And um, I then came to London and I did specialist training and um, to do advanced restorative problems. And um, my master's research was actually on tooth whitening. So I do a lot of teaching on tooth whitening um, lectures all over the world, which is now all on Zoom about tooth whitening and cosmetic dentistry. Um, 11 years ago, I felt it was really important to be able to reach more people and give back and I looked at what I can do to give back and we set up the dental wellness trust it was something that was very close to my heart and I planned for three years to set this up and when we looked at what can be done and how we could do it we realized there's so much need that's not being attended to and um so we set up the dental wellness trust and what we we started um firstly in South Africa where I'm from the Cape Town and in Cape Town, we look after 15,000 children and we do daily toothbrushing with them. We have amazing women called Toothbrush Mamas, which um, in the, in <laughs> the UK, they're they wonderful teachers. But our Toothbrush Mamas, they named, them, they, they named them themselves that name. Um, they go to the schools every day and they check on the brushing and they check on the sustainability. During COVID, what happened is that um, people were out of work. In Cape Town because of of lockdown, and so we, um, our toothbrush mamas set up 13 soup kitchens. And between March and December, we um, actually uh, served 100,000 meals to the children in our communities where we do our toothbrushing. So it's called our uh, the charity is called Dental Wellness Trust because wellness is very close to our heart, and it's not just dental because if you don't eat well and don't have a nutritious food, it affects everything so especially in our soup kitchens we made sure that the children had nutritious meals and that they continue to wash their hands and COVID is absolutely essential and continue to brush their teeth we then took the information that we learned all our experiences and we brought it to London and to England and we implemented toothbrushing programs and we do that now in 50 schools and nurseries with the same program the hand washing and the toothbrushing
0: it's very interesting. There's it's so many things that you just said that are very interesting. But the one thing that's really shouting out at me is the business of wellness. And yes. obesity is a big issue in London, child yes. obesity. And yes. I, and the nutrition, and interesting again, we, t- we ran a number of school um, food banks uh, during, well before Covid, but more in Covid. But one of the things I noticed as well in, in uh, food banks is that people don't necessarily put healthy food into the food banks. And uh, one wonders about, you know, how do you balance being grateful for what you get, but at the other hand, is actually the food that you wouldn't choose to, to give if you had a choice kind of thing um, in terms of its healthy healthiness, in terms of its easy, easiness to, to cook, and also the in terms of its sort of taste value for children. So um, I just, just wonder a bit more about about that. And because I'm assuming, and I again, correct me on this, is that what, you know, uh, poor teeth our cavities are caused by a lot of sugar. Is that
1: right? Absolutely. So the um, tooth decay is majority related to sugar and not brushing. So the sugar is related to the diet and also related to snacking and having sugar every hour. For example, a child will eat one sweet and then I'll eat another sweet and then another sweet, thinking only if I just have one little sweet, um, that will be OK. But yeah. actually, what we know about sugar is that if you are going to have your sweets, then just have them all in one go. We, we um, discuss, you can't deny children sugar, or you can't deny them sweets, because that could lead them to be completely obsessive if they go to a birthday party, although no one's having birthday parties at the moment. <laughs> if that child who's denied sugar goes to a party and there's a tray of sweets, the child will empty those sweets in their pocket to take home, because they've never seen the sweets. So you have to, have, you have to be realistic and practical. I have four sons, and four boys that I've had to bring up and um, have this constant discussion about sugar and all those things. So it's a little war that we um, that we have in our family in terms of what we do eat and what we don't eat. So what we discussed was that we can have sugar. We, our sugar time is Saturday after lunch and then all the sweets get eaten then. And then they go and brush their teeth rather than just have a sweet. That's what the research shows. If you you constantly have sugar, that's when the pH drops in your mouth and then the sugar bugs um, start to proliferate. So it's all about saliva and healthy eating. But when you come back to what is the most important thing, there's some simple ways in terms of what we can eat healthily that is cost effective and not expensive. So, um, of course, we would like fruit. We would like um, the children to eat fruit. And we've banned all fizzy drinks. No, yes. Drinks sweet. whatsoever. And I, I'm, I'm very much, we have a campaign in Dental Wellness Trust about all the banning of all fizzy drinks. All of those sodas, no, none of them, the energy drinks, the sodas, the, yeah. um, the all of that, none of them contain any nutritional value. And when we started campaigning, I took them all out of my house. They're completely banned. And we have water. And we have, um, occasionally, we might have fizzy water, but that's it. And we just stopped it immediately.
0: It's interesting. Then, uh, on that on that note, actually, uh, it's interesting about the fizzy drinks and stuff. But one of the things that um, many parents were completely a bit cra- a bit cranky with me was the business of fruit juice. So at leaf, it's milk or water. End of. Yeah, no choice. Agreed. agree. Uh, that's it. Um, but they used to think that fruit juice was good and full of, you know, vitamin C. And it's good for your children because they wouldn't eat fruit for them. So can you just... Blow apart the myth about fruit juice for us before you move on. Because I think we get, but fruit juice people are very confused about.
1: So if it was just freshly squeezed, if it's just an orange and squeezed, that's a different story. But the the um the store bought orange juices, particularly apple juice, they contain so much added sugar. It's like just putting sugar water on your child's teeth. And unfortunately we see so many incidents of parents who've been giving their children apple juice thinking it was healthy and the child's got a mouthful of tooth decay. And then we have to work on a strategy to balance it, to reduce it uh, and to stop it. But they have to. They have to the, the, the juices are really not what they are, um, what we perceive as being healthy because of the added ingredients. And the trouble is that the apple juice will stick on the children's teeth, particularly between the teeth they're sipping it slowly, etc., causing these cavities which are devastating. They're not tiny cavities. They're absolutely devastating. So, um, yeah, we just, we we really advise no apple juice. If you really, really, if your child is screaming for an apple juice and they've been used to have apple juice, you start by diluting,
0: yeah.
1: dilute it by half and then dilute it by half that it only looks like apple juice, but it's really water. Um, and, and, it's us to train and educate our parents who we look after, um, and the kids. Once we teach the kids about healthy eating, they will also, they're quite delighted with that in terms of discussing with their parents everything they've learned. So sometimes when we, we have rhymes and songs about fruit and what should be in my lunchbox, and how we throw away the sugar, we throw away the um, sweets, um, the children educating a kid right from the beginning on healthy eating and toothbrushing and, and, and hand washing sets a child up for life, because they can then take responsibility for their own health, even though they're little. They can wash their hands well. They can be taught to brush their teeth brush their teeth well so that they can have a health, health healthy foundation, which is really key. And that's the same. And so we would assess the diet. We assess the diet of the kids um, when we see this decay, because some of the t- severe decay has, this is a very controversial, but a severe decay has also been linked to child abuse because they say, how can the child get so much decay? Absolutely devastating. And th- they've done studies about this um, as to assess this. I'm not saying one cavity, but if you can, it's the parent's role and responsibility to keep their children healthy.
0: Yes. And so when, other, you, when you say cavity, Linda, you mean a
1: hole in your tooth? I mean a hole in the <laughs> tooth. Yes. And the way that it starts, it can start as a tiny, little, tiny, tiny hole on yeah. the biting surface of a child's tooth. But often there's, the decay is in between the teeth, which is really difficult. And that's where it progresses. Um, and on, on baby teeth, it can progress very, very quickly. So the key is to have to brush with a fluoridated toothpaste, so they're getting enough protection from the fluoride in the toothpaste and to brush properly to remove the plaque off the healthy off the surfaces of the teeth. Just
0: just for a second then. Um, so we have seen children where they've basically got stumps, just stumps, rotten stumps in their in their mouths. And there was a there was talk, and again, um, blow this out of the water or I'll correct it in, in whatever way you like. But is it true that w- one of the biggest
1: causes for small children under five going into hospital is to do with teeth and tooth decay? Absolutely, and the, the figures are quite severe. And um, at the moment, I'm just I just checked on the figures again. But over a quarter, 26% of five year olds in London suffer from tooth decay, making London the third worst area in England in terms yeah. of child care outcomes, um, after the Northwest and Yorkshire and Humber. Those were the, two, those were the um, 2019 data, you know, with, with COVID, it's a little bit, um, the, the stats are, are different. But um, we do know that 48,000 kids go into hospital in England every year to have a general anesthetic to have their rotten teeth taken out. And that is huge. And when I heard about those figures, I thought, how can that be? There's a sophisticated national health service. How can it get to that level? And, it, and it very, it's very sad for me. And I often speak to parents about how we can prevent all that. And it's one of the key things for the charity to, to educate about how we can sure. prevent this from happening from the children going um, having to go into hospital. The other big thing is that 30% of, of um, not attending school is because the child's got toothache. Really? Yeah. So mm-hmm. what we've been looking at with when we implement our toothbrushing programs in school is the amount of time missed from toothache or having to go to the dentist should re- reduce because the children are brushing their teeth in school and they have a um, and they're improving the health of the kids' teeth. And just by the way, the right to oral health is a basic human right. Yes.
0: And and also, I mean again, correct me if I'm wrong, but my assumption is that actually having teeth is important in terms of learning to speak, that it surely must have some impact on the way the mouth and the gums are used, about the muscles in the mouth and all of that. So do you want to just kind of explain that a bit to us?
1: Um, The teeth, the, the mouth, the teeth and the tongue all have a responsibility in the speech and the growth in the mouth. And the teeth, the, you know, the teeth develop at various stages. The first tooth comes through at the age of about six to nine months. The baby tooth comes through. And all that, we need our teeth to function, to eat, to talk, to communicate, and also for appearance when we're smiling. Yes. a child with rotten teeth with stumps in their mouth will feel embarrassed to smile and um, low self-esteem because of the state of their teeth. They do notice it and the other children um, respond. One day we were teaching in school and we were teaching toothbrushing and the little one of the little boys, um, his teeth were all black and the kids all teased him to say, wow, this is terrible. Look, your teeth are so uh, black. They're so dirty. And he's not brushing. He was very um, shy and humiliated by that. So we, we we need our teeth for all these functions, especially communicating and smiling.
0: No, that's a really good point, the smiling, actually, because you forget about that. But um, and then how important that is in terms of communication, given the whole COVID thing, actually, we should be more alert to that than ever, really. With, when you're either on a screen or you're using, you, you know, you're your, your reading, you're trying to read people a bit more effectively through a screen. So to be able to smile is actually quite significant.
1: Absolutely. And, and some of our patients, my adult patients want to be Zoom gorgeous. So then when they are on on Zoom, their teeth look gorgeous and we're working on that as well. But um, it's very, very key for the child's health and development um, to have a healthy mouth and and be able to eat without pain. And when the child, it's a major life event if a child has to go into hospital to have a general uh, Mm -hmm. anesthetic. And, um, you know, you want to avoid that at all costs. So you were talking about the child with stumps. That is normally from nursing bottle decay where the child goes to sleep with the bottle or if they put juice when they put apple juice in the bottle and the child is sucking on the bottle the whole day long that's when the tooth the um, the the juice has also got acid in so there's the sugar component and the acid which is eroding the teeth as well and that's why they become stumps like that
0: and then yeah, talk about dummies as well. Is dummy a, the dummies is a factor in all of this? Because I mean that can be quite an emotive um, discussion point for, for for parents for anyone you know with a small child. We often think about the dummy as limiting the language, that, you know. Um, but in terms of teeth, is it is it true? It, you, it causes your teeth to be crooked and all that, uh, that, so that it, or is that mythology?
1: And um, the long term use of the dummy can cause call what's called an open bite, and where the the dummy forms the shape. So the, tooth is the, the, the teeth become that angle where there's space for the dummy. And so that restricts the tongue growth, develop ref, restricts the teeth growth, and the child can talk with a lisp, etc. So there's times for dummies. I've just become a grandmother. And so I have a little granddaughter now, and she does need her dummy for certain times when she needs to be pacified. So I get it. Um, but as soon as you can, the dummies should go. All right. So dummy is
0: a factor as well. And then, um, tell us uh, a bit about how you think we I mean I think there's a, an interesting debate about what we can do in this in the early year sector and what parents do and I think there's a tension sometimes between you know if we're cleaning the teeth with the children after lunch and stuff are we are we simply uh, allowing parents to abdicate their responsibility to actually make sure that the child cleans their teeth at the end of the day before they go to bed which is the kind of challenge that some of the staff say to me well why are we doing that should they not be doing this as part of their home pattern you know is this not parent responsibility. How do we get round that in a a kind of practical way, given that actually for some nurseries, putting toothbrushes in and toothpaste and all of that is actually quite a, a, you know, a practical nightmare, to be honest, you know. So how do we kind of persuade people that this is worth it?
1: Well, the research has been very, very clear that supervised toothbrushings in school can reduce children's tooth decay from 20 to 40 percent, Wow. It's absolutely major wow. and when you look at what what is the best thing we as communities can do, it's shown to be um, supervised toothbrushing program. Our toothbrush program is called live smart because it's smart to live um, to live healthily right. and so I know that it can be time consuming for nurseries for um, earlier settings and for teachers but the health benefits far outweigh, the time that it takes for children to do this. The other benefit is that the community health is a positive message. So children love the program. It's fun, they love it, it's a group activity. The child is learning manual dexterity that they're holding the toothbrush. But this active, this active participation in a group activity like this sustains their health for the rest of their life. It's really, really key. So although it may take a little bit of time, It's one of the most essential things that schools can do. And we would like to see all schools and all early year settings implementing this in England. They have it in Scotland as well and in Wales, designed to smile, child smile programs. But this is absolutely one of the key things that we can do. And you say, well, we therefore education, not only education, but health, but the two programs running together health and education in this makes a huge huge difference it's absolutely mega and and we appreciate all the schools that are doing the toothbrush and we'd love to do more and we we've had colgate support us so we have the toothbrushes ready to educate and help implement in more schools um, and so
0: if if for some children the only time they clean their teeth is in the nursery because yeah. the parents don't do it at home how does that impact on their general oral h- hygiene and, and, and well-being?
1: What we've discovered is that at least if the child does it once a day in a yeah. supervised setting, that's a major thing. But parents with multiple kids and exhaustion and getting dinner ready and getting the child out in the morning, you know, there's a lot of responsibility on parents. And so they don't have it to have time to supervise brushing, or they don't have time to nag the child, or they're absolutely exhausted just making dinner in the evening to be able to do this. So it's an added benefit. It would be great if the child is brushing in the morning and the evening, uh, but the reality is that it doesn't happen. So yes, that's why, <laughs> that is why in the school it's, it's the most advantageous thing to do it as a group activity.
0: So, because so, I know a number of my staff said, well, what's the point, if we only do it once, will that matter? But you're saying it actually matters.
1: Once really matters, once thoroughly. Mm-hmm. And um, because the way that the programme runs it, we put on some fun music and the time, it's time together, and the teachers supervising, they actually are brushing. We watch their manual dexterity, but the kids are actually brushing and they're getting the toothpaste in for those two minutes. So they are brushing quite well. Which makes right, a huge rather than difference.
0: sucking. Because every Why child I likes like to sucking suck. The it? Brush yeah. Or
1: biting the brush. Right.
0: So okay. they are
1: actually and but because it's a group activity and they're learning from each other and they're learning from the teacher, it actually makes a huge difference. And the research is quite profound on this, making a huge difference.
0: And then the last thing that staff often ask about as well is the toothpaste. So when my children were growing up, I simply gave them a smaller amount of Colgate, you know, whatever I was having, they had. But yes. then they, they invented all these children ones with fancy names and little dinosaurs on it and uh, with flavours and everything, which, um, you know, are actually quite pricey for one. Yeah. Um, so, it, you
1: know, does it matter if they use ordinary toothpaste, just smaller amounts? We like the children, children under three to use a grain of rice size. So, it's really a tiny, tiny mouth.
0: It's like a little
1: smear. Right. Tiny, a grain of rice. So, you just basically tip, just um, put it on very, very slightly. And when we teach uh, uh, the teachers, we teach them how tiny is a grain of rice size. Right. And and a child over three should have a pea-size amount. Right. It's also very little because most nozzles are quite thick. Yes. And you're pouring it out onto the brush. So it's really at the tiniest little, really little piece size is quite enough. Then there's the discussion between the parts per million fluoride. So under three, they have less fluoride. So that's 1,000 parts per million. Over three, they have 1,400 parts per million of the toothpaste. You know, the adverts used to show a long piece of uh, toothpaste on the whole brush. Yes. 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 That's absolutely not necessary because they want you to buy more toothpaste. Yes. So it's really the tiniest little bit. And it's actually the brush touching the teeth. And the last thing we teach, which is really key for everybody, is to brush your tongue. Mm. The tongue brushing is really key because the bacteria, the sugar bugs, the halitosis bacteria, the stagnation bacteria are all in your tongue. So if you, wow. if you stick your tongue out and you br- brush from the left side to the middle side to the right side, and you just do three swipes, that makes a huge difference to brush off all that bacteria harboring in the tongue.
0: My goodness. And then, the, um, is, is it true um, that now people are saying you should brush your teeth dry?
1: You can brush your teeth dry. You don't have to. The, um, the rule is um, spit, don't rinse. So after you've brushed your teeth with the
0: toothpaste,
1: Uh you spit out, you don't have to rinse. So you don't have to have your toothbrush wet. You don't, you know, people rinse, they put the toothpaste on, then they put the water on and then they start brushing.
0: Yeah.
1: So um, when I'm brushing my own teeth, I will actually check in the mirror. And sometimes I do brush dry just to see that I'm getting off the plaque. And then I'll put the toothpaste on. But you don't have to, as long as you spit, don't rinse is the message.
0: So the days of putting your head under the tap and having a good old rinse are over.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Very good. So
0: before we go, because this has been most interesting, I have to say, uh, for a, a lunchtime podcast, um, is there anything else you you think, any other bit of good advice before we can, we conclude
1: this? So um, I think also discussing for snacks, what kids should have for snacks. Okay. And introducing healthy snacks. Taking away... Um, rewarding children with sweets, there could be other reward systems such as a pencil stationery, an apple, uh, a fruit, um, a trip, a a walk around the block with mum, something rather than just easy, easy things such as sweets. And there's so many, if you introduce the snacks quite early, the fruit, the hummus, the raw veg, that was what the child knows and they don't look to go for sugary snacks. Because this is, you know, the, the healthy eating is really, really key.
0: So that you'd find that in every nursery and, with, and most child-minders would provide that sort of thing. The one thing we did get caught up on was, for a long time, we all thought raisins were a good option, <laughs> and then we were told they were not. So that that, um, that was a bit of a shock to everybody, I think.
1: <laughs> but the raisins do have some. They actually lower your blood pressure, but they do have some. They do have some, but in small amounts. It's always about uh-huh. quantity.
0: Ah, Mm. right. Yeah. So you could still give them a few raisins, but
1: but with water. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm. But the cheese, things like cheese and crackers and cut up fruit and raw veg, those are all great healthy snacks.
0: And that's what you should see in any decent nursery i think um or with any uh well 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 thought out uh child minding setting too mm. so uh, and i'm sure they do that in the school so that's good so that is we've we've had quite a lot of tooth wisdom from the tooth fairy today wonderful <laughs> <laughs> so i'm gonna thank you very much and i will do a blog to support this with all the links to the dental, dental wellness um, and to live smart as well so that they can easily access it. And I'm hoping that some people will take us up on that and that will introduce the toothbrushing at their home, at their nursery and anywhere else that they can persuade.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much. It was Not at all. It's, it's a pleasure.
0: You. A pleasure. Thanks very much. Bye-bye now. Thanks. Bye-bye. Our next podcast on Talking Early Years will be with Oinya Satter, who has just completed part of the Coaching and Leadership Programme for London. And I'm going to talk to Anya about why coaching matters in the early years. Thank you for joining me today. If you like what you heard, please share it. Or check us out on our website, leaf.org.uk.